1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
2: Merry Christmas! What is this? Up to
3: Neverland! Ho, 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 come in and know me better, man. Ho, ho.
2: Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas.
3: Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, what a
4: Merry Christmas day. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around because it's time. And do you know what time it is?
5: It's that time.
4: Yes, it's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Lost Boy Eric on the Neverland Podcast tonight. Haha, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's time to put on makeup, I suppose, and and dress up right. Uh, although we could podcast in our pajamas, and no one would really know.
5: Or are we already? You'll never tell.
4: So, this, if you you couldn't guess, is going to be a very Muppet-themed episode, because we're going to go through at least every Christmas special that I'm familiar with that the Muppets have done, and I am including Sesame Street in the Muppets, because there's a really great Sesame Street special that I do love, and so we're definitely going to talk about those today, also because it's not really a special... But yet it's very much Christmas. Uh, I found a great storybook version that's about a half an hour long of the Muppet Christmas Carol. And it does include a lot of the music and probably all the songs. I haven't listened to the entire thing. Uh, but I, we're going to listen to that here at the end of the show. But we're going to have a great time talking about Muppets. Uh, but my goodness, uh, I have had quite an interesting week. How about you? Oh, I've uh, actually had a pretty quiet week. Well, mine was would have been quiet except for I have been preparing for this week here is finals week. Oh goodness. And so most of my week I've been finishing up all of my projects. And so I'm you know getting them all turned in and a little last minute things. I have a personal website now that has some of my work on it with both the podcast and some of the radio work and all that kind of stuff. But here's where it was interesting. Part of our, like a big chunk of our final, other than these commercials that I've made, which uh, you'll probably hear some of the commercials for the Walt Disney Hometown Museum pop up in the show here because I did one. Um, but we did these live remotes and I, y'all probably remember me talking about this. But we did a live remote and we had a little competition on how many people would be listening when you did your remote. And it was very early in the morning, and even out, it was hard to get interaction out in the student union because there wasn't a lot of students on campus yet. They're, you know, still waking up and going, or in class or whatever. It's a very quiet. But we had our little competition on who would be listening and how many people we could get listening. And my live remote, which was the first, was actually the most listened to live remote show out of my entire class. All right. So yes, and or of course the uh, Doc Johnson he goes and kind of dismisses like, well yeah, but you got all these shows on the on the on the beat already. You have so many different ways to promote. So of course you you brought in more people. I said, well what that means is I actually have a lot of people who are listening to my shows that then decided to tune in to hear me do a live remote. So this is definitely a good thing.
5: Yep, yep, that is true.
4: So I am I'm gaining an audience and it's it's so wonderful. And of course I announced it here on the podcast, and who knows how many people out there listening decided that they wanted to tune in. You know, just to hear a little bit of extra time with me on a Monday morning. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing that has been very, very interesting this week is do you realize and I forgot to say anything, last weekend was our season four finale. Oh wow. Yep. This holy cow. This marks the beginning of my fifth year podcasting. Well, congratulations! Yeah, holy cow. And I remember, because uh, it was really, I wanted to do a Christmas-themed show from the startup, and uh, the very first episode, I'm playing some Rankin Bass music and talking a little bit about some of my memories of specials, so it's very appropriate we're talking Christmas specials today.
5: Oh, certainly. It certainly is. You know, the thing I liked about those old episodes is uh, it wasn't just you talking, though. You were talking with uh, people... In your community, people that you had grown up with about their favorite Christmas memories.
4: Yeah, I went around my church and talked to some people there and I talked to Philip with some memories. and Oh, yeah, that's some good stuff. Ah, memories. I remember recording all those. <laughs> and some of the people at my church I talked to aren't at the church anymore. Uh, one of them has, he's, I remember, uh, oh, what was his name? But he's moved away. He was a nice old fella. Uh, very artistic. Very, very cool guy. Uh, but he has uh, moved off, and I think he, he got remarried. I mean, he's an old old fella. Zesper oh. uh, so is pretty cool. But yeah, I, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook, but he doesn't really post on Facebook much. Because, I mean, he's in his 60s, so, you know, he's not that worried about Facebook. So... <laughs> But uh, there's been some changes here for season five. Uh, perhaps you have all looked at your phone and seen our new logo, Ta-da, which da-da. Da-da, which I have I, I've previously promoted that we have some shirts with that logo. Uh, I'm, I need to get some other shirts going. Uh, but also the website, I've started trying to rebuild it with a new theme, and I've been having some trouble with it. It's not behaving the way it should. Uh, so it, it looks a little weird and under construction right now, but I'm, I'm kind of playing with it, trying to get something to work. I might have to use a different theme than what I've got. I've also taken on our far right column when I had Friends of the Show and all these different podcasts. I've taken all of that information and given it its own page because it was such a long list. Uh, all these different podcasts that I recommend and that you know we've had on the show or that kind of thing. Uh, I got a few more I need to add, because now that I'm writing for Diz Radio, I should put a little icon for that, and I'm sure Johnny Johnson would enjoy that. Which, I need to have him come on the show, because I gotta talk about some Rankin-Bass specials, and he is the head of a Rankin-Bass Facebook group. Oh, wow! So, I think I need to invite him to come on the show. Uh, Maybe we'll do that next week, because I hadn't really planned which specials I wanted to go into next week, but I love Rankin-Bass, so... That would be a lot of fun. I was thinking about saving those for closer to Christmas. But you know what? Let's just talk to Jonathan and see if he wants to come on next week or some other time. And we'll see if we can get him on to talk Rankin-Bass sometime this month, if not next week. So Woo-hoo.
5: I'm planning well, you know, shows in, on the fly. In any case, we <laughs> there you go. But, you know, we do know that Christmas is coming. And the goose, the goose is, is, getting is getting fat. fat. <laughs> we still put up a penny in the old man's hat.
4: Which oh yeah, that actually comes up in uh, something we're going to talk about <laughs> later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Little hint, little hint. Yeah, 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 Let's see. Oh, there you go. So one other thing, I got to make sure I let everybody know. Uh, I have been learning over the past few weeks that Google Analytics and everything, and even Facebook social media, will hurt you if you're putting up what they call a fake video. And what a fake video would be is a still image that doesn't change, doesn't move, or anything. And every episode of the podcast that I've been letting Libsyn send over to my YouTube channel has been just that. It just takes whatever image I've given it and slaps it up there. But that they'll actually look at you and say, well, you don't post up any real videos. And they will not let those pop up anywhere as shareable. You know, they, they won't help spread them around and spread the word that I've made a new video. So I cleaned house and I wiped them all out. But I've got a whole bunch of new videos coming up. I've went to my personal YouTube channel where I've got a lot of game videos. I've also got a lot of game videos I haven't really edited around or done anything with. Uh, Of course, the Neverland Podcast YouTube channel is mainly going to have games that are, like, comic book related or Star Wars or, like, Disney Infinity. And I did get a couple of videos up yesterday where I've got a few kind of amusing glitches that has happened to me on Disney Infinity or even Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, there's a really funny thing that happened to me there. Uh, also, I have posted uh, one of my most popular videos that I ever had on my personal YouTube channel. I had went through on the PlayStation 2 with the Haunted Mansion game. Did you ever play this?
5: Yes, I did. I did. I, I kind of... Uh, good old PlayStation 2... <laughs> Uh, Luigi's Mansion type of game.
4: Yeah, very similar. Uh, I, was, I haven't gotten to play a whole lot of Luigi's Mansion, but uh, I need to get... I think it's on the GameCube, isn't it? Yeah, I still have my Yeah, GameCube. yeah. I need to get a copy of that. I've played a little bit, and it was kind of fun. Uh, so what I had done, though, is I hooked my PlayStation 2 up to uh, a device to connect it to my my PC, and I recorded... Uh, Going around after I had completed the game, so I had everything unlocked to me, and I recorded a whole lot of uh, game footage of that, and I created a, a virtual tour of the Haunted Mansion, but video game style, and I added audio to it from the actual attraction and stuff like that, and it was very, very popular. Uh, so I've I've lifted that I tweaked some of the audio on it because of the graveyard scene I had tried actually to put all the individual elements together uh, and hmm. it didn't quite work right it was a little out of sync but at the time I heard Disneyland was kind of out of sync that way anyway so you know but I've tried to correct some of the sound and to where the graveyard scene flows a little bit better and so now I have that video it is low resolution and I've kind of stretched it out to match the high resolution logo cuz we have a new animated logo That will not get me in trouble if the Disney lawyers ever see what I used to have or it was pretty much their logo, but I had played with it a little bit. But now I've created my own. This castle you're seeing, I did that completely on Adobe, Adobe Illustrator, which is not easy. But I was, I, even my instructor was happy the way it turned out, thought I did a pretty good job of it. So he, he told me this week that uh, I probably got the most out of the class because everything that we were doing in multimedia, uh, I was able to turn around and use for the podcast, uh, and building the website and stuff like that. So, so yeah, YouTube, I'm going to have some new stuff come up there, so keep an eye on it. But you will not be able to check the podcast on YouTube if, if you're doing that. I'm probably going to have to make a video announcing that to anyone who was strictly listening on YouTube because I know there were a few. Uh, some people like to do that. I even had a, a guy once, was a writer, who was interested in my show, but he loves listening to podcasts on YouTube. So I'm like, okay. So he's just going to have to subscribe now. Uh, but I am having the thought, and maybe we'll work on this at some point. If I manage to go and buy myself a decent webcam, because the thing that connects connect my camera to my computer doesn't seem to want to work with Windows 10 very well... But, you know, maybe when we record the podcast, maybe we'll just put a webcam on us and we'll go on to Google Hangouts. And so we'll post those up. And so you'll still kind of get the podcast up in a video format, but it won't be just a solid image. You'll actually get to see us. So we'll,
5: wait, we'll I will be able that. to do it in my pajamas if we do that.
4: Well, it depends upon what type of pajamas you're wearing, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, at least you could be wearing pajamas because that'd be a lot better than um, podcasting in your underwear, say, you know. Oh, if I have to. Yeah, you know, you're going to have to put a shirt on at least. No one will be able to see your pants. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is very true. So you might still get away with it. But, okay, I feel like I've announced myself into the Dickens here. So, uh, speaking of Dickens, we're going to get them up a Christmas Carol at the end, so make sure you stay tuned. But until then, we've got actually something fun we have to get into this week. But uh, there was uh, this—I don't know—this little trailer that actually turned out to be one of the top viewed trailers that YouTube has ever had, and it was for Avengers: Infinity War. So I think we better go to the trailer park. All right, y'all. One more
1: time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't. Nobody gonna sing with
2: me.
0: Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park.
4: There was an idea.
1: Get all defenses
0: and get this man a shield.
2: Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. But this (laughs) does put a smile on my face.
4: so this trailer, I must say, I didn't know it was coming. I just, oh, I it caught me off guard when I saw it was out there, and I jumped onto YouTube and I watched it five times while I was sitting there eating lunch at university there in the cafeteria. I was like, I just couldn't stop watching it.
5: Well, I I followed the Russo brothers on Facebook, and the last few days they had been posting up uh, the number three the number 2 they were obviously counting down to something so hmm. i knew it had to be this trailer so i've i've been watching out for it i think i need to start following the russo brothers <laughs>
4: <laughs> but uh, oh my goodness i i love yes. that we start with each individual avenger saying basically what uh, what nick fury was saying when he was talking about putting the avengers together going through each right. character and getting a look at them. Although I don't know why Scarlett Johansson is sporting her blonde hair instead of the Black Widow's red hair. I have no idea Well, what about.
5: she had to go in hiding because she uh, went against Tony's side.
4: Yeah, that's true. And that's assisted true. Cap. That makes sense. So
5: she's been in hiding.
4: Hmm. Yeah, okay. I get that. I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, because we, we're in a post-Civil War world here. Mm -hmm. which I think uh, they're going to throw that whole thing right out the window when Thanos shows up because I love the uh, the Black Panther there, T'Challa, his line, get this man his shield.
5: (laughs) Well, you know, something uh, people have noticed is, uh, you know, at the end of uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Steve sent Tony uh, a message saying, hey, when the time comes, we'll be here for you. And he included a phone. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what Tony was holding while he was visiting Doctor Strange? <laughs> the phone. The phone. It's just like, hey, something big is coming, and uh. yep, this is uh, this is what it's all been building to.
4: Oh yeah, Thanos has arrived, and I love he's got this weird portal that's goes in there. I love that we finally get to see some sort of spider sense on Spider Man, where all the hairs on his arm just stand up. Mm-hmm. I dug it I loved it I was like yes
5: <laughs> I have to say though one of my favorite memes that I've seen coming uh, from the the trailer somebody took that shot of his hairs raising and saying we know what it was that caused Peter Sense to go off and instead of seeing that huge ring you see Mr. Dickovich from Spider-Man 2 saying rent <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> Um you know, one of the more interesting visuals I caught from this is that the vision's not looking quite so androidish. Yes. I wonder. Looking about a lot that. more like Paul Bettany. So uh-huh. is that pre Thanos or post Thanos?
4: Well, if you out of the five times I watched it, I noticed that even in his human look, you have a little bit of a glow in his forehead. Mm-hmm. So I think, I'm think i thinking the stone is still there, but what I was curious about is, is this something really happening or is this some sort of dream or fantasy that he has where I could be more human and she might like me better? You know, because it's been – since you know, they were married in the comics, so it's been kind of mm-hmm. nice in the movies to have that little bit where you can tell he's obviously kind of sweet on her, but it doesn't seem to necessarily be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And it might be because, well, I seem so android. I don't look human really at all. So maybe it would be like, or, you know, maybe he finds a way to make himself look human. Or maybe he just dreams of being able to look human so she could look at him like a human. So, But then what's going to happen to him post-Thanos? Because we saw he's going to tear that soul gem right out
5: of his head. Not a good thing to happen. Yeah.
4: And it, it'll be just, just the heartbreak. Because I've had a lot of people I've seen on Facebook saying, well, somebody better die. And what if, what if they finally build up and get the relationship seems to start going with him and Scarlet Witch, and then, and he's dead?
5: Well, I think we can probably get some more information based upon whose contract is expiring.
4: Oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> so see who's dying. It might be a spoiler if you tell me whose contracts are expiring, so maybe we shouldn't discuss it on air. I don't know. <laughs>
5: But uh, this definitely uh, looks like they're going all out, and mm-hmm. Kevin Feige has even said that this movie is a finale. So there, there is, there are going to be some endings. Yeah, I'm not going to say deaths, but there are definitely going to be some endings in this.
4: Because by the fourth Avengers film, we're supposed to have a whole new team. And we've, yes, we've kind of yes. got some hints at that in some of these films. You know, we've seen Ant-Man come along and Falcon come along. Uh, mm-hmm. And perhaps Spider-Man will be part of the team. We can always hope. Maybe Disney can buy out Sony. Uh, yeah, and maybe we can get the uh, – well, as long as it's not a solo Spider-Man film, I think they can still use the character for a few more movies. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But it would yeah, be nice can. if this negotiation with Fox or another comes around where Wolverine can become an Avenger because he's been an Avenger. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. on uh, Black Widow, maybe get rid of her and put in, I don't know, Spider Woman. Well, you know, we still haven't got our Black Widow movie yet. So. No, we haven't. She can go and do her own solo work. That would be pretty cool. But I'd like to see Spider Woman around. She's a very cool character. Uh, yeah. Luke Cage yep. has been established. Maybe he can be an Avenger. Because I'm thinking new Avengers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's yep. a lot of
5: characters. Vision, keep him around if he doesn't die.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> get Well, birthday. and... and- And I've been thinking. um, Now, one thing that we do know is that the new... I'm sorry, the fourth Avengers movie They haven't released the title for it yet Because they say that the title is going to Really reveal what the story's about And they don't want to, you know, make that Apparent quite this early What I'll bet Is that we're going to get a title like The New Avengers Or, you know, just just something with one of the Other storylines that's been going on But, you know, if we bring in these other new characters I think New Avengers would be a perfect title
4: yeah, it would be. Or you could New Avengers and then put an underscored title, kind of like, you know, Infinity War. Then you have another big Marvel event. Uh, it could be the Secret Wars. Or uh, it would be really cool actually to actually do the these Secret Invasion, maybe? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's any other, any other events that I haven't thought of.
5: Well, let's see. Well, we've got, you know, some pretty classic uh, Avengers storylines that have yet, to be done Mm -hmm. you know anything with king or immortus oh yeah or um oh oh what oh i completely blanking out uh this human that went into space and came back and but changed and he had a girlfriend and i can't remember the name of the story arc for the life of me now oh um, Oh. i think i know what
4: you might be talking about i think i've read it Uh, um Oh man, really, and it's 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 escaped my tongue. Yeah, he ended up getting like weird powers or something.
5: Korvac saga.
4: Yes, there you go. That would be interesting because yeah, uh, that uh, that seems like that would linked itself into the Secret Wars a little bit too, didn't it?
2: Uh, not not really, but it
5: came. They came about. Oh, five years or so before, uh, before the secret wars. Okay. Cause I, th- I think
4: I must've read over it about the same time I was. I got the secret wars audio book. Cause I think I remember it coming mm. up. Uh, cause I thought the girlfriend was the one that she ended up eventually getting even more powers or whatever from Dr. Doom or something. Am i thinking of the right people uh
5: dr doom definitely made sure uh other character you know a couple of characters got uh extra powers yeah. during secret wars but uh golly i i, I just don't remember if uh if Korvac's girlfriend was one of those people but still it's fun to speculate but yep. uh Avengers, uh, it, uh, th- this is looking really good. Yeah. Um, it's It's got a pretty solid heritage behind it leading up to it. And again, I, I think we're going to see a little bit more drama than what we would hope to see with uh, characters leaving. But uh, you know what? Bring it on! Oh yeah, and
4: I might actually be more excited about this movie than I am Star Wars: The Last Jedi of all things. <laughs> Maybe just because this was a huge spark of "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" and I don't. So far, The Last Jedi hasn't given me this "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" like The Force Awakens did when I first saw that mm. trailer. But maybe it's because I knew this was coming, I was expecting it, and you know, we're just like, Hey, it's Star Wars, we know we're going,
5: you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well what what we have yet to get is a really good shot of the Millennium Falcon diving and twisting and moving across the surface of a desert planet.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Although we've gotten some pretty good shots of the Millennium Falcon flying around and a porg on board and uh, and a porg getting abused on board. He gets smacked off the control thing. I, I've seen a, a, a GIF image where he the, the Millennium Falcon does a maneuver and he goes flying into the side window. Poor little Porg. Mm. Which we did get some new footage we got to check out there on the Christmas special uh, the, earlier this week. I can't think of what night of the week it was. Was that Thursday night? Um, yes, yes. Yeah. So I remember talking about it on Friday morning at my uh, my advanced radio professor, Doc Johnson, that I mentioned earlier. Actually, he knows you know, they all know I'm the Disney guy. So when he's got something going on with Star Wars or whatever, he comes and asks me, so did you hear about this? You know. Uh, and so he did send me a message that night and say, hey, are you watching this? And I was like, <laughs> yes. And I said, so far, the only good act that I've seen has been Darius Rucker. He says, mm. no, the first act was Sienna. I said, the only good act I've seen <laughs> was Darius <Theriot's record. laughs> Uh Although I got to say, Hanson impressed me. They actually were a lot better than they used to be. I kind of liked mm. them.
5: Now, did you notice uh, as well that uh, Disney was doing their Glow with the Show act through the Disney Parks app as well? Um, Which actually was kind of interesting listening to it and hearing the uh, performances. Uh, I actually got out my Glow with the Show ears, which uh, were keeping time with the musical acts. Uh, But one thing that I learned this week is that uh, there are now a new set of Glow with the Show ears, Glow with the Show 3.0, that you can actually program uh, through a Bluetooth connection
4: yeah I think that's why I was looking at the Shop Disney I thought through Shop Disney my the app was going to change colors or something uh, but I didn't well, see that happen I, I don't think I figured it out properly so I just put it down and, and I ended up falling asleep uh, so I used the DVR <laughs> so I could skip to the end where I, I got to see the Star Wars footage that I wanted to see Mm-hmm. We come here from our camel. That's what we were watching that show for.
5: <laughs> well, you know, I, I do want to mention I got a like from our camel on Twitter this week. Yeah, I saw that. I was... Uh, I'll tell you. I, I I had uh, shared, you know, as we did last week, uh, talking about my kids' reaction to the Star Wars Holiday Special. I also shared it with our friends over at the Never... or er, the Skywalking Through Neverland. And uh, they... Uh, actually had some really nice words and so I just tweeted back a thank you to them uh, in response to a tweet in which they had tagged Mark Hamill well my response included that tag to Mark Hamill and uh, he liked it and he also liked uh, the tweet that our friends at Skywalking Through Neverland posted so uh, you know, needless to say I spent the rest of that day on cloud nine
4: <laughs> Mark Hamill liked my tweet so
5: you know, uh, I have not checked
4: to see uh, if anybody uh, cool has ever liked any of my tweets mm.
5: You know, it, it was just you know it wasn't anything that he had to do, and of course he knows has no idea who I am. But you know, it was still just a, a nice little wow. That was cool moment. We're
4: buddies now. I'm going to go over to his house, and we're going to watch Star Wars together.
5: Well, I, I was trying to search uh, for the right Jeff from uh, that episode of Freakazoid with Fanboy, where he meets uh, Mark Hamill.
4: Oh goodness me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yes. Yeah, so we got to see actually the, the Star Wars footage was actually all new. I, I don't think there was really much they they showed that I hadn't already seen. Unlike the Toy Story mm-hmm. Land, which was cool to see, but I've already seen all that footage before. But the Star Wars footage they showed was all, you know, new, different stuff. And I mm-hmm. need to get on YouTube and go look at it because I want to I want to analyze and look at it some more. Uh, but okay, oh, and, and just
5: just think we've got we've had six minutes of footage between all of the trailers that have been released and it was announced this week also that the film itself is going to be two and a half hours long Woo-hoo! the longest Star Wars movie to date
4: awesome and I hope it uh, completely blows my socks off
5: oh well, as do I I'll wear as some thick ones, too because it might to... be
4: cold in the theater by December
5: 15th. Well, we definitely need to do all that we can to get your excitement level for Last Jedi back up then.
4: Yes, because well, I am excited for it. I'm just not maybe as excited as, as I am now for that Avengers Infinity War, what that did for me. But it's it's still, of course, that excitement for Star Wars. But, you know, it's it's Star Wars. I was already excited, but... You know, mm-hmm. that, that's that that's been an excitement, that I guess, that you started after The End of Force Awakens. It's like, well, in two more years, we get the next part of this. And so you just can't hang on to it. And like, okay, well, we're waiting. We're being patient. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know what's coming. But then all of a sudden, out of left field, Avengers Infinity War trailer. And you're like,
5: whoa! <laughs> so, Well, you know, speaking of Star Wars and television specials, and not really a special, but at least TV, you know, one of my favorite uh, Star Wars tie ins was when uh, Luke Skywalker and his cousin Mark Hamill both visited The Muppet Show.
4: Oh, indeed. I haven't watched that one in a while, but I do love that. <laughs> Even uh, Gonzo Vader. I can't remember what they called him, though. <laughs> Didn't they have a weird name for him? Dirth Nader. Dirth Nader. Dirth Nader. <laughs> and they have that great <laughs> shot where they all look and break the fourth wall.
3: Dirth Nader! <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> we may never know! Well,
5: and, I don't do a very good uh, And Well, and I love the end of it because uh, you've got the cast of The, the Muppet of Show. And, oh, yeah. You've got the cast of, uh, well... You've got Luke, R2-D2, C-3PO, and Chewbacca. And then they all start singing, When You Wish Upon a Star. Mm-hmm. There's some foretelling right yes, there. Yes,
4: it was a <laughs> prophecy. Oh, but it reminds me, though, because uh, Muppets are now part of Disney, which means we, you know, granted this is stuff that happened before Disney, but uh, they actually did a few Christmas specials. Yeah, that they did.
3: To Disney and beyond. Oh!
4: Well, I'm going to dive in one first that eh, it's, it's still Muppets. It's Sesame Street. And to me, those were always Muppets. I mean, Kermit's on there. And this is one that I actually didn't ever see when I was a kid. But it's called Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. And it aired December 3rd, 1978. It was directed by John Stone and was written by John Stone and Joseph A. Bailey. And this is the first time that you hear the song True Blue Miracle, which was composed by Carol Hall and sung wonderfully by Mr. Bob. Uh, Bob, I forgot his last name now, and I've even friended him on Facebook. Uh, Bob, McGrath. McGrath, yes. Uh, and as I always think of him singing that song, uh, it's also where you're going to get to hear Keep Christmas With You All Through the Year. And I Hate Christmas, uh, of course, it's by uh, um, Wow, Oscar. By Oscar the Grouch. I wanted to call him Grumpy. Uh, and that was composed by Sam Pottle and David Axelrod. Uh, but how I first became familiar with this... Was uh, I, Well, I was looking for some stuff, but there's a record, but I didn't find the actual record, but there is a little record of Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, but there's another Sesame Street Christmas record that has a lot of good songs, including True Boom Lyrical and Keep Christmas With You, as well as a bunch of other ones. Uh, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize there had been a television special until I found this.
5: Yeah, and there's there's there were some really cute uh, vignettes in it. One that uh, always sticks with me is, and this is repeated in another uh, uh, special that we'll talk a little bit later. But you've got a, uh, a a little pageant that goes on on Sesame Street, hosted by Prairie Dawn, and which uh, you know Bert kind of ends up the. Uh, but of the joke, yeah, that's on the
4: record. That's actually not part of the special, though.
5: Oh, yeah. So I misremember. Yeah, so
4: that and that—that's the uh-huh. record that's that's separate. That has some of the mm-hmm. songs, but it's there. There actually was a record tie-in to this special, and then there was this mm-hmm. other record that has some of the songs, but it's not directly a tie-in. And they have that 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 pageant you're talking about, uh, mm-hmm. which we'll have to play on the show sometime. I think we played it last year. I do love mm-hmm. that, but that actually doesn't happen on this show.
5: Well, one thing I do remember happens, though, is a retelling of uh, o. Henry's The Gift of the Magi.
4: Yes, we do have that story playing out with Bert and Ernie, which is mm-hmm. great. And, and Mr. Hooper. Yes, Mr. Hooper. We get to see Mr. Hooper around, uh, which was nice because uh, I can't remember what year he passed. But I, I remember you and I, we grew up watching Mr. Hooper and with the Hooper mm-hmm. store. Uh, so it was really sad when he was gone. But yes, The Gift of the Magi does play out with Bert and Ernie, where... Uh, Ernie realizes that Rubber Ducky falls into the tub and oh well he needs his own soap dish but I don't Mm -hmm. have any money I know what I'll do I'll take my paperclip collection to Mr. Hooper and maybe I can trade it for a soap dish at the same time Ernie takes Rubber Ducky and trades him for a cigar box to put Bert's paperclip collection in and nicely Mm -hmm. you know Mr. Hooper realizes what has happened and brings them back Rubber Ducky and the paperclip collection Uh, but that's only just one little story in this Mm -hmm. There is an overall plot where Oscar picks on Big Bird and asks Big Bird, okay, because you've seen city buildings, you know, the chimneys are these little pipes, and Mm -hmm. Oscar tells Big Bird, well, if Santa can't fit, how does Santa get down that chimney? And it's a little pipe. If he can't get down that chimney, no one's going to get any presents. And Big Bird is just freaking out because, you know, he's got that mentality of like a three, four year old because he's Big Bird. Six year old. Well, like Mm -hmm. six years old. But he's still he's he thinks like a little child and Mm -hmm. doesn't think, well, you know, Santa's gotten down it before. What's the matter if I don't know how he does it? He doesn't ever go that way. He's thinking if he can't figure it out, Santa won't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I love that because that's exactly how a child would think about it yeah but I like that's the overall point point. and then we have a lot of different stuff there's a really cute little segment where you have Grover and Kermit talking to kids because you know they used to have them on the old Sesame Street and I don't know if they do it anymore but they would ask the kids how how uh, Santa gets into the house and the kids give all these really cute answers and there's one, this one adorable little girl that says well he just pushes this little button and the thing goes there and then that's who he's there. <laughs> just very simple and Grover just looks and breaks the fourth wall and says and there you
3: have it so
4: but there's so many great things including cookie monster trying to write a letter to santa first he's writing with a pencil and all he really wants is cookies for christmas and as he starts thinking about cookies he gets hungry and accidentally eats his pencil and then realizes my pencil gun where'd pencil go uh and then of course we have him trying to type on a typewriter which at some point, while thinking about cookies, he starts getting hungry and starts to eat the typewriter, and has a great bit where he Kawabunga and breaks the typewriter in half so he can eat the whole thing. <laughs> so he's having a hard time, and he goes and asks for help. Like, I don't know, I can't ask for cookies, I guess. And uh, Gordon's telling him, "So you know, well, Santa knows you want cookies, don't you worry?" Uh, but at the end of it, uh, Santa has brought a Christmas tree and decorated it. Uh, and they're into the living room of Gordon and his wife, I can't remember her name, but Cookie eats all the pine, na- pine needles and stuff on there, and at the very end of the special you have Cookie Monster laying there like, ooh, scotch pine, give me heartburn. So... <laughs> Uh, but I never saw it as a child. I we we found it online and I and I put it on a DVD. And Heather and I just love this special. I mean, they they ice skate at the beginning. Uh, you have a, a an ice skating group uh, that kind of. I think they did a Sesame Street on ice or something. Uh, something from mm. the Ice Follies. Uh, there's a lot of great songs in there, including the I, I hate Christmas song from Oscar, where you got a whole montage of him doing horrible things to everybody. Uh, it's just a really great special. I don't want to tell you how it ends, other than the funny little bit with with uh, Cookie Monster. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. def- definitely. I think if you can find it on YouTube, you should definitely watch this one. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely.
5: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, one of the an- another early special actually came in 1979 when John Denver teamed up with the Muppets for Christmas Together. Now, this was directed by uh, Tony Cermoli and was written by Herbert Baker, Bob Finkel, and John Stone. Hmm. Familiar name. I'm <laughs> not
4: familiar with that name. Who's John Stone?
5: Oh, we just talked about him in the uh, Sesame Street. Oh, we did, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he was a Muppet Rider. Yes, he was. hmm Now, uh, I know I've seen this special years ago because one of the things about the special is they sing the 12 Days of Christmas. Yes, they do. But i um, but in the special, Fozzie keeps forgetting his line uh-huh. Seventh of swimming," and you don't hear that in the uh, album that was released. Unfortunately, because that's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, I still like the album as it is. You know, this is uh, you know really. I think the album's probably better known than the special. Yeah, because I guess the special only aired one time. Mhm. and you know the, the, vision, the versions that I've been able to track down on YouTube aren't all that great so I've never been able to really watch it all the way through but uh, the uh,
4: I've got a halfway on. decent version that I had found that I did upload up to the Neverland Podcast YouTube channel so you can check it out because I knew probably most people hadn't seen it I didn't realize there was a special for the longest time because I was familiar with the album uh, when I was really small Before I started Mm -hmm. school, my grandmother had this album, and when I was staying over there before I started school, uh, she would watch me, and she'd make me take a nap in the afternoon, but she'd put this record on to help me sleep. And so I was very familiar with the record, although the record has more songs than the, the CD that I got later. There's a couple songs missing. Hmm. Which I think my proceeds from buying the CD went to like a an Arbor Day foundation or something like that. Because John Denver was really oh. big into, you know, the trees and the forest and things like that.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, as evidenced by uh, Alfie. Yes. Like the tree. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, and really,
4: this special, I, uh, I, I liked it better than the Star Wars Holiday Special. But I can't say that I really enjoyed it when I was watching it yesterday. Because I'm not a big fan of John Denver. <laughs> Mm. And it's very much a John Denver special with occasional Muppets.
5: Mm. So you know it. Uh, you know, speaking of the soundtrack and the album, one of my favorites, aside from uh, the Twelve Days of Christmas, is the follow-up to the story about Alfie, and that's uh, uh, the song. It's in every one of us to be kind,
4: to be wise. You mean?
5: Um, wise chill. Yeah
4: <laughs> Yeah that's a song I know that's someone Everybody really enjoys that song And it's a very nice melody But when you pay attention to the lyrics There's kind of some stuff That I kind of shake my head like Huh Anyone you know Heather and have We went in the, uh, the I think it came on Something we were listening to In the car And she even looked at me And says like You know if you really pay attention To these lyrics They're all All happy good But they don't actually Make any logical sense
5: but it still sounds nice. It
4: sounds nice. Yes, it's a very nice <laughs> melody, and it sounds good and happy. But you don't want to overthink it.
5: <laughs> well, you do know another another track that was uh, on the album uh, is one called "When the River Meets the Sea" and written by Paul Williams. Yes, and uh, we're going to be able to talk
4: about this here pretty quickly. Are we? Uh, are we ready to jump to the next one already? Well, I'm that that I was trying to segue. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people t- generally fall off of segways anyway, and so I'm allowed to have fallen off of it. But uh, yes, those Paul Williams songs, lots of lots of great ones, can all be heard in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which actually was written by Russell Hoban back in 1971 as a book, and then Jerry Jewell went and wrote a script adapting the book. It was aired then on HBO exclusively in 1979, and then the following year, December 15th, 1980, it was played on television. But I actually remember watching this on HBO when I was little. Oh. Uh, this was directed by Jim Henson, and as we mentioned, there are songs on here by Paul Williams, which uh, I believe there was a song list I found uh, on one of these websites. Uh, a lot of it let me see let me see if I find that list again maybe not maybe not but there's all oh my goodness all these great songs all original songs that aren't necessarily Christmassy uh, but they're just great I mean Paul Williams I mean he wrote a lot of music for the Muppets I mean the, the Muppet movie he wrote some songs for that uh, mm-hmm. I can't Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. He came back for that one too, didn't he? Uh, yeah, car- and also the uh, uh,
5: Muppets' Letters from Santa. I think he did the music for as well.
4: Ah, I think I tried to watch that one, but that one was missing something. I couldn't. I couldn't sit through the whole thing. It just. I don't know. It didn't click for me. It's not one of their best. Uh,
5: <laughs> but, uh let's see here. But uh, you know, I—you talked about your first experience watching it on HBO. The first time I ever saw Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas was in 1997, while I was working at a Suncoast Motion Picture Company, and that's what we had playing for our Christmas selection on the video screens. Awesome. So I was I was, you know, well into adulthood by the time I ever saw it and it just I, I've always been a Muppet fan and it just absolutely entranced me. Um, the the music, you know, you're right, it's not a Christmas show, it's not a Christmas special, but you know, the, the themes of brotherhood and family and working together, um, well, the
4: songs aren't and, Christmassy, but the, the story itself is pretty much the gift of the Magi. It's it's oh, still yeah. Christmas.
5: Well, you, you know, when there ain't no hole in the washtub, you can do an awful lot of things with
4: it. Yeah. So none of the music actually says anything about Christmas, but it takes place around Christmas time, and it is about trying to get Christmas gifts for each other, mm-hmm. between uh, Emmett and his mama. Uh, but uh, I really liked there. there's all kinds of different puppetry techniques you get to see in this, and this is pretty... Uh, early in some of the filming stuff, you know, because you, some of these techniques you see Jim Henson using later in, like, the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, but you mm-hmm. get to see them using marionettes, uh, using some black theater technique, and that's where you wear all black, and you have a black screen, and so you can dance. And they did this a lot on the Muppet Show, too. Mm-hmm. And, but this is also one of the first Muppet productions that had radio control puppet effects that were designed by Faz
5: Fazakis. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's how you say his name, but... Actually, Foz. Foz, Foz Fizakis. Foz Fizakis. But and uh, this is where Foz... Or this is really the person that Fozzie Bear got his name from was Foz Vazakas. I was starting to wonder that when you said it. It's like, yeah, you know, that reminds me of Fozzie. I wonder if that's connected. <laughs> But yeah, I mean the the innovations that they were able to make with, uh, you know, basically with the funding that HBO gave them for this really led to a lot of the innovations that uh, helped make uh, The Muppets stand out in The Muppet Movie and uh, uh, The Great Muppet Caper and, as you said, Labyrinth and uh, The Dark Crystal. So uh, uh, this was a very seminal film when it came to, you know, the art and the design and the, the production aspect.
4: Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I got some quotes from Dave Gulls and Jim Henson, but I figure we'll just move on. Especially uh, they're talking about all the different changes to the sets they'd have to do uh, and some of the new innovations on there. But I think we've covered those, so uh,
5: let's move on mm-hmm. to the next special. Yeah, yeah Paul would have moved on. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, the... Back in 1986, I remember watching this. Yeah, um, it was about a, you know, a group of toys who on Christmas Eve learn about a new space toy that is joined them, that is completely delusional and thinks that uh, they are the real thing. And um, oh, but this isn't Toy Story though. This came about nine years before Toy Story. Mm-hmm. This is the Christmas Toy starring Rory Tiger. Yeah. And a lot of great characters. Yes. Um, You know, right from the very beginning, they they talk about why they're toys, what they do. Um, And and I think in many ways, this did kind of serve as a template for uh, what Pixar was able to do later. Oh, yeah. Um, Christmas Toy really did follow along this nighttime story. Um, It showed how uh, toys had to freeze before anyone could see them, or else if someone did see them out of place, they would lose their. Life, Yeah, they wouldn't come so back anymore. You'd be
4: frozen forever. By being caught in mm-hmm. somewhere, somewhere that you weren't left. Which, I'm glad Toy Story didn't go that right. route, because uh, it, it, it does make sense to you as a kid that, yeah, my toys never seem to stay where I've left them.
5: Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this even inspired a television series in 1994 called The Secret Life of Toys. Which I never um, saw. Yeah, I've. Uh, it actually was on Netflix for a time hmm. So I did get to see a few episodes Was it any uh, good? Some, uh, yeah, to be honest, while I remember this uh, special Some of the character designs I really didn't care for So that kind of turned me off from the special
4: Yeah, I saw some pictures uh, on it when I was doing some research on this And they, they changed the look of the rocking horse And it looks terrible Mm-hmm <clears throat> But,
5: uh, you know, still, it was fun. It's, uh, you know, something I might be able to pull up here on YouTube and share with my kids.
4: Yep. And it came out December 6th, 1986. And I remember we set the VCR and watched it uh, from a tape. It was written by Laura Phillips, produced, of course, by Jim Henson, directed by Eric Mm -hmm. Till, and had music and lyrics by Jeff Moss. Which the songs are not too bad; they're they're pretty good. I would prefer some Paul Williams music personally, but you know Jeff mm-hmm. Moss. I think he did a pretty good job. He's got some good songs
5: in there. And so, yeah, you know, it was it was enjoyable, but uh, you know, unfortunately, it was a little forgettable as well. Yeah, I still love it because it's the
4: nostalgia. It's it, mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a great, and you if you overthink some of it, it, it can ruin it. But you got to remember, the target audience was for little kids. So yes. if you watch it as a, a, in a little kid mentality it's it's still a a good time i think you would enjoy Mm -hmm. it and it's got some good fun and some adorable characters and Mm -hmm. really i clearly toy
5: story was inspired by it (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and and i think also uh we saw a resurgence of the little cat toy mew uh is uh the mouse uh tupper in bear in the big blue house very similar design very similar uh voice acting Hmm. I didn't watch a whole lot of Bear in the Blue
4: Boo House, because I was kind of old for it, I guess.
5: Well, I had a new nephew at the time, and I got quite my fill of it. Yeah, and it was... Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye.
4: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a cute show. I liked that bear
5: character. He was an adorable character. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was. He was. But, you know, that's not the only adorable Muppet character, though. say there's a whole family of adorable characters
4: oh yes and when they all get together to go visit fozzy's mother oh won't it be such a surprise yes waka 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 (laughs) waka december 16th 1987 fozzy's mama was gonna go and hop a plane to malibu for christmas (laughs) didn't know that fozzy was bringing the entire muppet gang and had invited Mm -hmm. all of his friends from sesame street
5: Th- and that's and that's too bad because uh, she had rented out her home to uh, Doc and Sprocket. Yeah. So they just found a way to get everybody into this thing.
4: <laughs> and what I love about this, okay, well, this is an executive produced by Jim Henson, also produced mm-hmm. by Dana Birkenfield and Martin G. Baker, directed by Peter Harris and Eric Till, and was written, of course, by Jerry Jewell. Oh, yes. Uh, and this is like the culmination of every Christmas special that the Muppets have put out because you do get the Muppets, and they do put on a pageant in this one of uh, mm-hmm. the night before Christmas. I almost said the nightmare before Christmas. Can you believe it? Uh, but, yeah, they, so they, you do get that that Sesame Street pageant. You get some of the songs coming back as they do sing, you know, send every one of us to be wise. And then at the end, they sing from the Christmas toy, you know, old friends, dear friends. Mm-hmm. And so you get all the songs from all these different specials. All the Muppets sing them all together. You get Fraggles in there, and they actually bring a song that uh, I had forgotten was part of Fraggle Rock. That had been sung where they're got to uh, uh, pass it on uh and so that um, song um. comes back And so <laughs> this is my favorite muppet special hands down
5: I uh, mine too mine too i absolutely love this special it's something that we had recorded and we watched growing up it's something that you know i found a few years ago on youtube i found the music for it someplace mm-hmm. so you know, this is something where every Christmas this is definitely being played in my home.
4: Yes, indeed. And I, I wonder, like, what versions I've gotten because, you know, ABC rebroadcast it the following year, December 2nd, 1988. It was then re-edited and aired on NBC as an episode of The Magical World of Disney on December 24th, 1989. Now, I've heard some of the edits where things like the red logo was added. I guess maybe it was a different color at the beginning hmm. the title. And also, one of the songs, I guess they lost the licensing for it for one year, and so they don't have one of the songs. And I think it's the one Rolf is playing on the piano. Uh, was it Slay Ride he plays? Uh, really? But yeah, one of the songs have gotten cut out, so <laughs> if you buy this for home video, it's gone. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. but I, uh, on the there's a, a Muppet Wiki on Fandom here that does have the 1989 version, and that's what I'm familiar with, where you see the title while the truck is mm-hmm. going, but the original broadcast title card is actually, you're seeing the front of Moss house. So that has changed. So I do have an edited version. Uh, let me see if I can find what song was cut real quick. Uh, let see, the, the Red Muppet Family Christmas logo. Of course, the Snowman musical and comedy number with Fozzie is completely gone on home video. The original version song, The Slay Ride, is sung. Rolf begins playing the song in Emily Beer's Attitude Piano, and Rolf says he loves tune Pianos while Sprocket watches him play. Fozzie, the Snowman, and the Penguins sing outside. This cut is due to rights with the song. You
5: know, the version that I uh, have access to has that in it. So does mine. I yeah, cause so uh, yeah, I definitely remember that. Mm-hmm. I
4: do not have a, an official released version.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, also, the Muppet Baby singing "Santa Claus is Coming to Town" has been removed. It was part of the broadcast special where you got the baby versions of everybody but in edited versions on the home vi- home movie version and will immediately burst through the screen. And the entire, t- entire song has been cut, which of course is music rights. I guess that's part of the problem of having so many different fun Christmas songs and not writing all of them yourself this time is, you know, you lose your rights after a while and you can't bring it out on home video. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, even Home for the Holidays, where Miss Piggy and the Muppets are singing that, is not shown in the edited. And this is after Miss Piggy has arrived, and Kermit mentions that she always likes to make an entrance. Uh, this one cuts <laughs> directly to the Carol Sing Medley. And the entire song, along with Miss Piggy falling on the icy patch, has been removed, also due to hmm. music rights. And there's that, because that's one of the best running gags. Yes. Look out for that icy patch. Uh, there's even, I've, I haven't seen this, a brief segment that's five seconds long where Fozzie and Elmo light their Christmas tree and it only appears in the original 1987 version. Unfortunately, I've never seen that one. I've only seen the 89. I may have seen the 87 when it was aired originally, but I didn't know it was coming on. I just turned my TV on one day and caught, like, near the end of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there was this Muppet Christmas thing. And, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I saw the whole thing until I found it on the Internet. <laughs> But wow, Statler and Warloff singing I heard the bells on Christmas Day and Kermit and Piggy singing Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas also been removed from the Carol Carol Sing Medley for music rights Fozzie and Ma hang stockings has been removed, but this is where Emily Bear Ma hangs Fozzie's stocking in on the fireplace. I must say sit in there. Uh, Fozzie mentioned that he's a grown bear, alluding to the fact he doesn't need it anymore. And when Emily reaches to take it down, Fozzie decides it's okay to leave it up. This was cut from the master use for subsequent TV airings and video releases. Uh, The original 1987 airing featured a Muppet Family Christmas bumper in between commercials with Kermit in front of a Christmas tree saying a Muppet Family Christmas will return in a moment and a Fozzie behind him playing with two little stuffed bears as if they were puppets. (laughs) Uh, There's different end credits on on the home version. Uh, There's some additional edits including music playing before Wolf arrives. Uh, Fozzie and Emily Bear also checking his list of who is sleeping where and a shot of the fireplace shown over the beginning of the dialogue. Lots of lots of stuff. And this the show even aired on Nickelodeon when the 1989 re-edit was utilized. Uh, and though the turkey meeting Camilla has been cut from that version, the scene fades out to black after the turkey says this is starting to be fun. There's a lot of goofs on here too. You want to go through some
5: of these goofs? Oh, I I guess we can. You know, at the beginning, uh, where there's wide shots of Fozzie's truck, Rizzo can be seen sitting next to Lips near the side of the truck, but in one shot, he's with the other rats in a completely different part of the truck. (laughs) I'll
4: have to look for that.
5: Now, uh, when Fozzie first enters the house, he doesn't slip on the icy patch as though it wasn't there. Although the second time that he enters, which is after Sleigh Ride, he does slip, starting that, you know, continuing uh, running gag. Yeah. I have noticed that the, hmm. now during the scene where the Muppets enter the house a puppeteer's full face is exposed on the bottom right hand corner of the screen Oops! how dare they break the magic yeah <laughs> Now, uh, Kermit at one point can be seen holding a phone receiver before it rings. Uh, Biffin solely changed locations throughout the song Deck the Halls. Louis Kazager, the uh, wide world of Muppet sports announcer, can be seen sitting near the tree during Emily Bear's announcement, but during the caroling medley, as the screen scrolls past that area, he is no longer there.
4: Not to mention he he was also just on TV as Baravidas were falling sharply. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, no! So how could he be on TV and yet there?
5: <clears throat> oh, well, uh, wasn't it the Muppet News announcer on TV? Yeah, isn't that who Louis Kazagger was? No, no, no. Louis Kazagger is a Howard Cosell-type puppet. Huh, okay. See? Hmm. All right, I'm going to have to look that up. Okay, think of uh, the Great Muppet Caper. At the very end, as they're tossing the baseball diamond around, oh. he's doing a play-by-play.
4: Oh, okay, so yes, he is yeah. different, because you know, the only announcer guy I could think of was Guy Smiley, and uh, and mm. the, the news guy. So, okay, wow. Mm-hmm. I think I know who you're talking about, but I only remember him and the Great Muppet Caper. I wonder if there's a picture. Yep. Oh, there he is, looking at picture. He's yep. got, kinda well, like a picture. He kind of looks like a... Um, uh, I always thought he looked kind of like one of the characters from Fraggle Rock that were in the trash heap, you know, because he's got this long, hmm. pointy nose thing.
5: Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha.
4: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, he's kind of this purple thing, and he's got this long, pointy nose. He looks a little bit like a uh, a vegetable of some sort, maybe. Very odd character, but yeah, that guy. So that's what his name is.
5: Yep. <laughs> Now, Gonzo and Animal are both shown wearing pajamas while they're hanging from hangers, but at one point during the caroling medley, Gonzo wears a purple suit and is with the other Muppets, Then, after singing his verse, he's missing from the remainder of the carol song. <laughs> now, did you know that Beaker does not appear during the first half of the caroling medley? He suddenly appears when he and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew sing a verse, but he's missing again throughout the rest of the medley
4: you can get away with that there's so many Muppets on screen that you know it's hard to keep track of everybody
5: Mm Mm-hmm. now during the carol sing there are two rooms full of Muppets but some Muppets here we are keeping track of them appear in both rooms at the same time now these include Statler and Waldorf Simon Soundman the Christmas Turkey the two-headed monster and a female lavender anything Muppet Yeah. Oh, Simon Soundman. I—that's the guy. uh,
4: He used to. There's like two different versions of him, but he's the guy who would go into the restaurant with Grover. But he also could make all these weird sounds when he wants to buy a hammer. He'd open his mouth and he'd make the noise. But it's Mm -hmm. it's the same looking guy when he'd go into the restaurant trying to get stuff from Grover. So that's Mm -hmm. what his name, Simon Soundman. Oh wow, love that character. I just (laughs) didn't know what his name was.
5: Now, uh, right before, oh, I'm sorry, everything just moved on here. Right before the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, the puppeteer that uh, performs Camilla the Chicken and the Turkey accidentally dropped both puppets too early. Whoops. (laughs) And during the caroling medley, you can see the black sleeve of the puppeteer operating the Muppaphone. But I don't remember them going, ow, ow, ow.
4: Yeah, I don't remember seeing them up a phone in there. I'm going to have to look for them again. I gonna.
5: Have to, I already watched it this year, but I'm going to watch it again. hmm Now, here's one for you. You know that Doc wasn't the only human on this show. Yeah. There was another human that showed up washing the dishes. Mm-hmm. While Sprocket dries. Exactly. And that was Jim Henson. Yep. Now, uh, one thing, though, is uh, while Sprocket's supposed to be back there, you know, with Jim Henson drying the dishes, he also is in the back of the living room with the rest of the Muppets <laughs> during that same he sequence. Snuck out. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in most of the wide shots during the caroling medley, Janice can be seen sitting near a stairway at the end of the room. But there yeah. are a few shots where she's actually next to Floyd Pepper, and he's always behind the couch during that sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, did you know that uh, this episode appeared after Fraggle Rock had ended its run? Yeah, I think I do remember that. Yeah. So uh, Doc asks Sprocket if the Muppets are anything like those Fraggles that he's been telling him about. Now, you'll remember that in the last episode of the Fraggles, he discovered what they were and that they were real. I See, so, I don't think I ever saw that episode. So this implies that uh, the, this uh, special takes place before the last two episodes of Fraggle Rock.
4: Huh. And it fits more in oh. canon with most of the episodes because you know, it's not like they're going to go and remind everybody, you know, oh, by the way, the last episode, Doc finally got to see
5: one, you know, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: It makes it complicated. So that makes sense. Now, uh, while Kermit is exploring the Fraggle Cavern with Robin, uh, you can actually actually see his arm sock for a few seconds before the Fraggles appear. <laughs> and the final little goof is that when the turkey directs the Swedish chef to Big Bird, if you think I'm a nice fat bird, look at this! A puppeteer's head briefly pops up.
2: <laughs>
5: Whoops! <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wish they had pictures
4: of all the goof-ups so I could I could look at them and then spot them later.
5: I'm about ready just to, as soon as we're done here to go watch that special.
4: Yeah, yeah, I would go watch it immediately, too, except for I'm going to have to edit the show later. <laughs> but one thing that is going to make getting the show later is uh, we got something special here that I've been talking about we got to do. You know what it was? Because we've gone through every television special the Muppets ever did, but... They also had a great movie called The Muppet Christmas Carol, and I found, oh. yeah, I found a great storybook version of it, <laughs> and uh, why don't we just jump into the story time, and uh, we'll take a listen, and then uh, yeah, we'll tune out, and we'll catch everybody next week with possibly some Rankin-Bass, if not some other Christmas specials, depending upon if I can get Johnny Johnson in here next week. So, I will I will make contact with him and see if he wants to come in here next week and talk some Rankin-Bass Christmas, because there's a all lot. Right. And those are some of my favorite Christmas specials. So, I should have thought of it th- sooner, I because all I knew is I wanted to talk about Christmas specials, but sometimes week to week I almost fly by the seat of my pants because I'm so busy with school that I don't know what exactly I want to do, other than I knew this week I had to do some Muppets, but we gotta do some Rinkin' Bass, so. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, but here we go, everybody. Enjoy the Muppet Christmas Carol.
0: This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now.
1: When a cold wind blows, it chills you, chills you to the bone. But there's nothing it freezes your heart like being alone. It paints you with indifference, like a lady paints with rouge. And the worst of the worst, the most hated and cursed, is the one that we call Scrooge. Yeah, kind as any, and the wrath of many, this is Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug, there goes Mr.
2: Grimm. If they
3: gave a prize for being me, the winner would be him. Old Scrooge
1: loves his money cause he thinks it gives him power <laughs> it's even worse for mouses.
2: Please, hey, sir, I want some cheese. He must be so lonely. He must be so sad. He goes to his dreams to convince us he's bad. He's really a victim of fear and of pride. Look close and there must be a sweet man inside. Scrooge is getting worse! Yeah, Every day, in every
1: way Scrooge is getting worse! Hello everybody, my name is Rizzo the Rat. And my name is Charles Dickens. Wait, hold on, your name is not Charles Dickens, it's Gonzo. Excuse me, it's Charles Dickens to you, if you don't mind. Charles Dickens was a great writer. You're not a great writer. I certainly am. I'm not. Am too. I'm
3: not. Am too. Okay, then prove it. No problem. I'll tell you one of my greatest stories, A Christmas Carol. <sighs> All right, Mr. Dickens, you're on. Okay, here we go. Oh, oh wait a <clears> second. <throat> hold, hold on a minute. Uh, hmm. Can I go get some popcorn? No, Rizzo, you can't go get some popcorn. This is not a movie, you know. I'm starting the story now. <clears throat> A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens There was hardly a man in London as unpleasant as Ebenezer Scrooge. He was heartless. He was cruel. He had time for neither friends nor fun. Ebenezer Scrooge, in short, was a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Yeah, but was he nice? Rizzo, quit interrupting. That's rude. Hey, rudeness is my middle name. (laughs) Ebenezer Scrooge was in the business of lending people money. If they could not pay him back the money, he took away their houses as payment. He was the meanest man in London. Wow! Scrooge was at his meanest at Christmas time, for it was then that many people could not pay him, and so he took away a great number of houses. The spirit of the holiday meant less than nothing to him. Not a word of cheer ever passed his lips. When any person wished him a happy holiday, this is what he said I'm back. Who, you're right, mean. If Scrooge was the meanest man in London, however, it happened that he had in his employ one of the nicest. This was Bob Cratchit. Cratchit was a good natured fellow and a hard worker. But no matter how hard he worked, no matter how many hours he spent toiling over papers into the night, it was never enough for Scrooge. Uh, Of course not. Not that guy. Scrooge was a harsh master to all those who worked for him. If they asked for a bit more coal on the fire to keep from freezing, Scrooge said no. And if they dared ask for the day off at Christmas, Scrooge would threaten to fire them all. Even a poor little fellow singing a Christmas song outside in the snow
1: round about deep at
3: Eve brightly shone
1: the
3: moon that night oh. <clears throat> Got Scrooge's door slammed in his face Mean to a bunny for shame Finally, Bob Cratchit convinced Scrooge That it would save him money to close on Christmas Day And so, at closing time on Christmas Eve The ledger books were put away The floor was swept, and the office door was securely locked at last. His heart full of joy and anticipation, Bob Cratchit hurried home to be with his beloved wife and children for the holiday. And Scrooge? Scrooge left his office and trudged home, just as he did every night. There would be no celebrating for him this evening. And yet, though Scrooge did not know it, this particular Christmas Eve was going to be different, very different indeed. How come? What's going to happen? Rizzo, will you be quiet? I'll tell you. When? Will you cut it out? All right. Sheesh. Mm -mm. Now, Ebenezer Scrooge had once been in business with two partners, Jacob and Robert Marley, cranky old fellows who were just as mean-spirited as Scrooge himself. The Marleys were dead now, as dead as a doornail. But Scrooge still lived in a house which had belonged to Jacob Marley. The house... ...was a dismal heap on a dark street. Tonight, as Scrooge climbed the dark steps to his front door... ...a very strange thing happened. Suddenly, the big front door knocker... ...turned into an awful, twisted face. The face of Jacob Marley. And then it called out in an awful voice...
1: You sure know how to tell a scary story, Mr.
3: Dickens. Well, thank you. Anyway, the door knocker called out to him.
2: Scrooge!
3: Oh, hey, 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 let me try that.
1: Scrooge! Nah. That's not right. Yeah, How do you get that that that
3: sound? You know, how come you can make that happen? Because I'm Charles Dickens and you're only Rizzo the Rat. That's how come. You are not Charles Dickens. I am too. You are not. I, look, Rizzo, can I keep going, please? Sure. Hey, you want to order out for pizza? No! Brother. Even Scrooge, who was usually unscarable, had been given quite a scare. But soon the knocker returned to its normal form, and Scrooge decided that the whole thing had never happened. He went inside the house, lit a small candle, and made his way up the staircase, caring not a button for the darkness. Darkness was cheap, and Scrooge liked it. At last, he settled down beside the fire with his simple, lonely supper of cheese and bread. But no sooner had he taken a bite than a sound rang through the house. Then there were more bells, and more, and more. Enough with the bells, you're hurting my ears. Then a mist arose, and a glow, and out of the mist stepped the ghosts of Jacob Marley and his brother Robert. They stood before Scrooge, covered with heavy chains.
1: Yeah, clanking chains! Clanking chains Get the daylights out of me! You can always
3: leave, Rizzo. No way! What are these heavy chains? Scrooge asked the ghosts.
2: Oh, the chains! We
0: forged these chains in life by our acts of greed!
3: The ghosts explained that they were doomed to walk the Earth forever because they had been so mean. But they were going to try to help Scrooge avoid their awful fate He would be haunted that night by three spirits, they told him These were Robert Marley's last words to Scrooge Expect the first ghost tonight when the bell tolls Oh, well,
1: this is really scary stuff Hey, should we be worried about the kids that are listening to this? Ah, don't
3: worry, it's culture Okay Exhausted by his encounter with the two ghosts Scrooge fell immediately into bed he slipped into the empty silence of a dreamless sleep until one o'clock. Expect the first ghost when the bell tolls one. You got it. At first, Scrooge could only see a bright white light. Then, as his eyes became accustomed to the brilliance, he began to make out the small figure of a child, a girl about seven or eight years of age. But this was no earthly girl. The child floated through the air toward him, her gown rippling all about her. She spoke to Scrooge in a tiny voice.
2: I'm the ghost of Christmas past.
3: What business has brought you here, Scrooge asked her.
1: Your welfare.
3: The ghost took Scrooge by the arm, and the windows of his room flew open. Come.
0: I beg your spirit, I am mortal, liable to fall.
3: A touch of my hand, and you shall fly. And fly they did, out the window and into the night. Far below, on the horizon, Scrooge could see a bright light. What is that light? he asked her. It is the
2: past.
3: Ooh, heavy duty! When they touched down at last, where should Scrooge find himself but in his own past, at the school he had attended when he was just a boy? He stood in the schoolyard and looked at his schoolmates, boys who had been his friends. But when he tried to greet them, they did not respond. The spirit explained, they can neither see nor hear you. And who should Scrooge see next, sitting all alone at a desk while the others played in the yard, but himself as a boy? He saw what a solitary young fellow he'd been, never even allowed to go home for Christmas as the other boys did. He looked lonely and alone, as if he didn't have a single friend in the world.
1: Oh, gee, I I feel kind of bad for him now, all alone like that. Uh, Poor old Scrooge. Maybe I should take back all those bad things I said about him. Nah.
3: The next thing Scrooge knew, the ghost had whisked him away from the schoolyard and set him in the middle of a rollicking party. And there, Scrooge saw himself again, now as a young man. Out in the world of work This was the Christmas party of his first employer The Jolly Fozzywig
1: Hey, they had a great band at that party Kind of a loud drummer Oh,
3: everybody's a critic Alright, alright Even then, at that happy moment, however The young Scrooge was having no fun He was pinching pennies Worrying about how much the party was costing And then, Scrooge saw a bell the beautiful young girl he had met at that very party. He had once planned to marry her, but a life of happiness with Belle was not to be. Scrooge had thrown it all away, for he did not know how to love. All this the ghost showed him. Aww. Scrooge was sad to behold these things. He had seen enough of his loveless past. Leave me, spirit, he cried. Oh, this is sad. I know. Here. You can use my handkerchief. Oh, thank you. Yuck. <clears throat> Scrooge awoke in his own bedroom. He stumbled to his bed, but he could not sleep. He sat there looking into the darkness until whoosh. Whoosh? What's this with the whoosh thing? Whoosh! It's the sound of the fire lighting up all by itself in the fireplace. Oh. You see, you have to imagine, Rizzo. Use your imagination. I told you before, this is not a movie. Okay, all right. I'll use my imagination. Okay, fine. So, anyhow. Whoosh! The fire lit up in the sitting room fireplace. And then, in the bedroom doorway, a face appeared. The face of a huge, jolly giant. Scrooge got out of the bed and went into the sitting room. But the room had been completely changed. An enormous fire roared in the grate, and the walls and ceiling were hung with holly, mistletoe, and ivy. Who are you, Scrooge asked the jolly giant. And the giant replied,
1: I am the ghost
3: of Christmas present.
1: Oh, my favorite part of Christmas! Presents! So so what did the ghost of Christmas presents give him? A nice sweater? Uh, or maybe a pair of bunny slippers?
3: Oh, some rope for cheese. Rizzo, maybe. rizzo, rizzo! Wait a second, wait a second! What? It's the ghost of Christmas present. Not the past, not the future, the present. Get it? Oh, I get it. Bummer. Now, this ghost was altogether different from the first. He was jolly and friendly. He laughed as he spoke. Have you ever noticed that everything seems wonderful at Christmas, hmm? Uh... In all honesty, Spirit... No. Perhaps I, I've never understood about Christmas. The ghost spoke again. Before this day is done, you will understand. And with no further ado, the ghost took Scrooge outside. And amazingly, outside on the street, it was Christmas morning, bright and sunny. Okay, uh, I'm using my imagination. I'm
1: hearing a basketball game. huh? And the cheerleaders are all playing the spoons. No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe it's, a, it's, it's a great big clock factory and everyone's on lunch break and they're all eating
3: peanut butter and celery sandwiches. <sighs> no, no, and, no, and, no, 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 no. Rizzo, it, forget your imagination. It, it, I'm just going to tell this to you, okay? All right. It's Christmas morning in merry old England. There are carriage horses with bells on, children shouting with joy, people carrying stacks of presents to their friends and families, church bells ringing. Excuse me, Mr. Dickens. What? Is this story going to go on a lot longer? I have to, uh... What? I have to... I, I have what? To, I have to go to the bathroom. We'll just have to wait until the story ends, Rizzo. But We it, can't all wait for you to go to the bathroom. Boy, are you strict. Well, Charles Dickens does not fool around. Right, right. (sighs) The ghost of Christmas present led Scrooge down a quiet lane in a shabby but tidy section of the city. Why have we come to this odd corner of town? Scrooge asked the ghost. It's
1: Christmas here, too, you know. Uh, That's Bob Cratchit's house.
3: Now, Scrooge paid his employees as little as possible, and Cratchit's home was quite humble indeed. But it was full of love. On this special day, Bob's wife Emily was cooking a roast goose, a very, very small goose, but a goose just the same. Bob was out just then at church with his son, Tiny Tim. As Scrooge watched unseen, Bob entered the house with Tim on his shoulders.
0: Merry Christmas, Emily.
2: Oh, Merry Christmas, Cratchit.
3: And me. Tiny Tim's health was very delicate. He walked with difficulty on little crutches. But his nature was so sweet, everyone who knew him loved him. I already love him. Well, when the Cratchit family sat down to their meager little feast, Scrooge understood for the first time how much more important is love than money. He saw how lonely and impoverished his own life was, and how little joy all his money-counting and money-saving had brought him. And when dinner was over, Tiny Tim said the sweetest thing Scrooge had ever heard. God bless us,
1: everyone!
3: But the excitement of Christmas dinner was too much for Tiny Tim, and he began coughing. Scrooge had a sudden terrible feeling about the future. The little boy seemed so frail, that young life so easily snuffed out. Unseen, Scrooge bent over close to the boy. Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. The ghost was not jolly then. That is the future. My realm is the present.
1: However, I see a vacant seat by the chimney corner, and a crutch without an owner. If these shadows remain unaltered, I believe the child will die. Oh, this is too much for a sensitive rat to bear. Could I have your hanky?
3: Oh, sure, Rizzo. Here, keep it. (laughs) Scrooge was desolate, but his visit with the ghost of Christmas present was about to come to an end. As the Cratchit family began to fade into the darkness, Scrooge found himself in a black void with the ghost. The spirit spoke. Come, my time
1: grows short. Now, but Spirit, I have learned so much from you. That's six, seven. Oh, Spirit, do not leave me. I think I must, in fact. You have meant so much to me. You have changed me. With
3: that, the ghost was gone.
1: Wait a second, wait a second. What about Tiny Tim? You're not going to just leave us like that, are you? A vacant seat by the chimney corner? A crutch
3: without an owner? I can't stand it. You've got to tell me what happens, please. Now, Rizzo, Rizzo, please, you must be patient. Oh. A great storyteller has to take his time. I mean, this is art. Art? Oh, come on, just tell me what happened, please. All in good time, Rizzo, all in good time. Uh. So, as I was saying... Scrooge heard the last bell toll. Oh. He looked around him and found that he was standing in a graveyard. Oh. It was a lonely place, choked with grass and weeds. Oh. Scrooge turned to run. Oh, me too! Let me out of here! But what? But what? But what? Suddenly, he was face to face with a tall, hooded figure. Oh. It wore a gray robe, which totally hid the figure within, except for two pale, skinny hands Hands. protruded from the sleeve. Scrooge cried out, but then suddenly composed himself.
1: Am I in the presence
3: of the Ghost of Christmas yet to come? The spirit stood silent, and then inclined its head in a single nod.
1: This is too scary. I don't want to hear any more. Okay, you
3: can leave. Come back at the end. Uh, Do I get to find out about Tiny Tim? Yes, you get to find out about Tiny Tim. Okay, all right. I'm out of here. So long. Bye. The ghost put a hand on Scrooge's shoulder and pointed into the distance. Scrooge knew he was meant to follow the spirit, though he was terribly fearful. He had learned much from his first two spirit visitors, and was ready now to learn what this last spirit had to teach. They moved through the graveyard. And into the darkness When the light returned Scrooge found himself on the street It was raining Standing under umbrellas was a group of businessmen Talking among themselves It was clear that they were talking about Someone who had just died But far from being sad They were laughing and joking about it Scrooge was shocked Whose death would cause So little emotion in people But of course he could get no word Of explanation from the spirit who guided him now The spirit led him next to a rag picker's establishment. People were bringing in things to sell. They were the possessions of the dead man. Collar buttons, bed curtains, blankets. But no one had even a single tear to shed. Scrooge was crushed. He pleaded with the ghost. Let me see some tenderness connected with this world. Without a word, the spirit pointed again and Scrooge found himself on some familiar front steps. It was Bob Cratchit's house. Scrooge was happy to be in this warm and joyous place, but something was wrong, as wrong as wrong can be. It was strangely quiet inside, and strangely empty. A little pair of crutches stood in the corner. (laughs) Emily Cratchit was crying. Not Tiny Tim. But Tiny Tim it was. Scrooge's worst fears were confirmed when Bob Cratchit walked heavily into the house. I picked a spot for Tim where he can see... Uh, it's, it's a
1: spot on the hill. And you can see the ducks on the river.
4: Tiny
3: Tim? Tiny Tim always loved watching the ducks on the river. Tiny Tim, Scrooge was overcome with grief. How could this be? How could that sweet little boy have died? The room darkened, and suddenly Scrooge found himself outside again, in the dark, terrible graveyard. Scrooge turned to the ghost. Spirit, I know what I must ask. I fear to, but I must. Who was the wretched man whose death brought so much glee and happiness to others? The spirit stretched out a thin, white hand and pointed to the gravestone. Uh, excuse me, Gonzo, uh, is the scary part over? Can I
1: come back now?
3: I wouldn't recommend it. Right. Okay, now, where were we? Oh, yeah, right. Scrooge was talking. Answer me one more question. Are these the shadows of things that will be, or are they the shadows of things that may be only? The ghost just pointed again. Scrooge bent down and gazed at the writing on it. It said... Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge fell to his knees and clutched at the spirit's robe.
1: Oh, please, spirit, no. Hear me, I'm not the man I was. Why would you show me this if I was past all hope? (laughs) I I will honor Christmas and try to keep it all the year. I will live my life in the past, the present, and the future. I will not shut out the lessons the spirits have taught me. Tell me that I may sponge out the writing on this stone. (laughs) Oh, spirit, please speak to me.
3: (laughs) Scrooge clutched at the spirit's robe, but suddenly he realized that the spirit was no longer inside. The heavy robes fell onto Scrooge's head, almost smothering him. And then, all at once, they seemed to get lighter, as soft as bed sheets. They were bed sheets. Scrooge was in his very own bed, the bright morning sun streaming into the room. Oh, uh, excuse me a moment. Uh, Rizzo! Rizzo! You can come back now, it's safe
1: Why Is it really safe? Uh, No more ghosts and stuff? No more ghosts,
3: I promise. And what about Tiny Tim? Hold on, hold on. I'm not up to that yet. Oh, all right. Scrooge was alive. He was in his own house. And best of all, his life lay before him, and it could be changed. He danced around his room. I don't know what to do. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. Scrooge threw open his window, and there was the same young fellow he had seen caroling outside his window just a few short hours before. Scrooge called out to the boy. What day is it, he asked. Today? Well, today is Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. Scrooge was overjoyed. He threw a bag of coins down to the boy and bade him go to the poultry shop and buy the prized turkey they had there. "'I'll give you five shillings if you hurry,' he said. "'Well, that young fellow hurried as he had never hurried before "'and was back with the turkey in the twinkling of an eye. "'As soon as he had the turkey, Scrooge hurried to Bob Cratchit's house with it. "'The curious townspeople followed "'Everyone hid as Scrooge knocked on the Cratchit's door. "'Needless to say, the Cratchits were surprised to see the terrible Mr. Scrooge at their doorstep. "'Scrooge pretended to be angry with Bob.'
1: Up Cratchit.
3: Uh, so here you are,
1: uh, m- 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 Mr. Scrooge. Uh,
3: you, sir, were not at work this morning as we had discussed.
1: Uh, but, but, Mr. Scrooge, sir,
3: we did discuss it. It's Christmas Day. You gave me the day off. I, I, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> Would I do a thing like that? No. uh, I mean, yes, but but you did. Bob Cratchit, I've had my fill of this. And I have had my fill of you, Mr. Scrooge. And therefore, Bob Cratchit.
1: And therefore, you can leave this house at once.
3: And therefore, I am about to raise your salary.
1: Oh, and I am about to raise you right off the paper onto the.
3: Pardon? Pardon? Yes, Bob. Raise your salary
2: and pay your mortgage
3: on this
0: house. uh, 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 Please, sir, uh, come inside. Yes, uh,
3: uh, yes. Bob Cratchit, would you and your family care to join us for a little turkey dinner on this fine Christmas day? Merry Christmas. The Cratchits could not believe their good fortune. And what a Christmas feast they all had then. Roast goose, turkey, plum pudding. <clears throat> yes, Rizzo? And what about Tiny Tim? Oh, and to Tiny Tim, who did not die... Aw, oh, isn't that great? Nice story, <laughs> Mr. Dickon. But wait, it's not finished. Oh! And to Tiny Tim, Scrooge became a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever had. Hmm. From then on, was always said of Scrooge that he knew how to keep Christmas well. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed... God bless us. God bless us, everyone.
1: That's Scrooge. What a guy! Nice story, Mr. Dickens. Very nice indeed.
0: Oh, thanks, Rizzo. Okay, is everybody ready to sing? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, sir. I'll start.
1: It's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting
3: warm by the fire.
0: It's true wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas.
3: A cup of kindness that we share with another. A sweet reunion with a friend or a brother. In all the places you
1: find love, it feels like Christmas. Okay, Fuzzy. it is
2: the season of the heart
3: a special time of caring the ways of love made clear everybody and it is the season of the spirit the message if we hear it is make it last all year Ready, Bunsen? Oh, oh goodness well I, I'll try a Beaker? Woohoo! <laughs> It's in the giving of a gift to another A pair of mittens that were made by your mother
1: It's all the ways that that we show love That
3: feel like Christmas A part of childhood we'll always remember It is the summer of the soul in December Yes, when you do your
1: best for love
3: It feels like
1: Christmas It is the season of the heart Sing, please, just to me. It's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire.
2: It's true, wherever you find love, it
1: feels like Christmas. It's true, wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas.
3: Is this the end? Yep, that's it. Bye-bye, everybody. Mm. If you want to listen to the story again, just turn the tape over. Hey, pst, listen, everybody, you want to know a secret? He's really gonzo. He's not Charles Dickens.
1: <laughs> I am, too. 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 You are Charles
3: Dickens. I am not Charles Dickens. All right, have it your way. <laughs> Wait a minute, Rizzo. Hey, you come back hey. here. Rizzo, I am Charles Dickens. Well i have you no,
6: you dirty rat... Rizzo! Oh, Rizzo, come back
4: here. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast.
6: We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure.
4: Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket.
6: It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others.